Welcome to our online service for Renewal. My name is Adri, and I'm so glad you're spending time with us today. Today, you'll hear from Pastor Jared and our worship team. We hope that you leave encouraged and changed for the better. Before that, I'd like to share a few ways that you can get connected during and after service. During the service, you can engage with others in our online community by introducing yourself and sharing where you're from, sending likes when you hear something you agree with, requesting prayer, following along with the message notes, or filling out the connection card at any time. Keep a lookout for the online hosts because they'll share helpful information and get you whatever you need. We're here to help you grow and to take the next right step. So be sure to fill out the online connection card so we can stay in touch with you throughout the week. If you'd like to give, you can go to renewalchurchboston.com give to give at any point. We believe the church is God's people gathered and we're excited to see God work in and through you. Our worship team is about to start. And after the talk from Pastor Jared, I'll be back to share more about next steps. Enjoy the service. Hey church, we're happy to have you here with us today. Won't you join us in worship? Before I call, before I ever cry, you answer me from where the thunder hides. I cannot run this heart untethered to. Every step I collide with you Like a tidal wave Crashing over me Rushing in to meet me here Your love is fierce Like a hurricane That I can't escape Tearing through the atmosphere Your love is fierce The only thing I found is through it all, you never let me down. You don't hold back, relentless in pursuit. Every time I come face to face with you, like a tidal wave crashing over me. Rushing in to meet me here Your love is fierce Like a hurricane That I can't escape Tearing through the atmosphere Your love is Chase me down, seek me out How can I be lost when you have called me found? Chase me down, seek me out How can I be lost when you have called me found? Chase me down, seek me out how can I be lost when you have called me found? You chase 
Chase me down, seek me out How can I be lost when you call me found? Like a tidal wave crashing over me Rushing here to meet me here Your love is fierce Like a hurricane That I can't escape Tearing through the atmosphere Your love is Things have passed. All things have passed away. Your love has stayed the same. Your constant grace remains the cornerstone. Things that we
poured out on the feet of Jesus and our affection, our devotion poured out on the feet of Jesus, our today our hearts adore you God I pray that you help us adore you every day I thank you for the love that you give us and God I pray that we will help us give that love in return back to you and back to those around us pray that we love each other that around us well help us to love each other well in Jesus name amen Hi, welcome to Renewal. We're so glad that you could join us today. Before Pastor Jerry joins us to share a message, we have a few announcements for you. You know, one of the things that I miss most about going to church on Sundays is being able to meet up with friends, meet some new faces, and get a better sense of what's happening here at Renewal. Well, guess what? Our staff has found a way for us to still be able to do that. Starting today, you can join us online at our online connection hub after the service. Our online chat host will be posting a link to the Zoom conference room after the service. We hope that you'll click on it and join us, meet some new people, and find out how to get connected here at Renewal. Earlier this week, we were able to bless a few people here in Boston who are in need. We gave away some free groceries. We even gave away two free Chromebooks to a pastor who is trying to help homeschool his children. We were able to do those things, Renewal, because of your faithful generosity. And we're so grateful to be part of a church who loves to give and helps those in need. So thank you for helping us to be the light and the love of Jesus here in Boston. If you haven't given yet, but would like to give, the best way to do that is through our online um, app. It's the Renewal Church Boston app. So go ahead and download that and uh, use that to give today. Today, Pastor Jared will be sharing a message about how to get along when you can't get out. And as somebody who has two roommates in a small apartment here in Boston, I could definitely use some help in that. Before we go on to the message, let's spend some time in prayer. God, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you, God, for your faithfulness, for how much you care for us, God. We thank you that you will never leave us or forsake us. We pray, Holy Spirit, that as we listen to this message and continue worshiping you, God, 
that you would change our hearts and make us more like Jesus. We pray, God, that we would leave um, just encouraged and with a better sense of who you are, God, and who you are calling us to be. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Hi, I'm Jared Kirk. Thank you for joining us at Renewal Church today. We're doing a new series called Overcome, which is all about God is going to overcome this battle that we're going through right now, and he's going to help us in our lives overcome the struggles that we're facing. Today, we're talking about facing relational conflict and relational strife, and that's why I brought my wife Heather along. I thought it was so important to hear her perspective because she has to live with me. I think today um, is going to be so helpful for people. I can't wait to get into the specifics of how to live a peaceful life, how to have peace in our relationships, whether it's with a roommate or a spouse or children. Um, it's so easy for relationships to go bad, and especially during a time of quarantine like this. Yeah, absolutely. Right now it's harder than ever, but it's always been hard. Um, I found this incredible story of a relationship gone south. This is from the 1700s. Listen to this. Colonel John Custis IV was a rich, tyrannical man who had made his life sheer misery for his equally difficult wife, Fidelia. We should have named Hattie Fidelia. Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> Their marital spats were the stuff of legend on the eastern shore of Virginia. When the couple rode by the shore one day, John became so enraged at Fidelia that he drove their carriage straight into Chesapeake Bay. When Fidelia asked where he was going, John replied with a sneer, to hell, madam, to which she retorted boldly, drive on, sir. It's just true when relationships <laughs> are full of anger and bickering and conflict that it just makes life miserable for everybody. That's so right. Um, everything is more difficult when there isn't peace in your home. Quarantine is tough. Yes. Social distancing is tough. Yes. Um, but you add in relational conflict and everything just gets harder. In Proverbs, it says, better a dry crust with peace than a quiet house full of feasting with strife. And that was in Proverbs 17, 1. Yeah. And isn't that true? Wouldn't it be better to be poor but have a happy home yes. than to be rich and be miserable? Mm -hmm. And when someone has a terrible attitude, um, life just gets harder. It does. When someone doesn't do their fair share, or how about when someone in the house is just kind of grumpy and then everyone, why do you know you, what I'm talking about? Why are you looking at then me? Then everyone else pays for it. I mean, that's when life is hard. Yeah. And Jesus talks about how important um, it is that we live peacefully with others. He said in Matthew 5, 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And that really is the question for today. How do we live with peace? How do we get along when we can't get out? Yes. And I know for us, um, we've struggled with this. There have been days that have been peaceful and other days that have felt like a war zone. Maybe less peaceful. <laughs> less peaceful <laughs> is a nice way to put it. And it's really the words of Jesus that has gotten us through um, 
these times that have helped us. Yeah, absolutely. For me, the most transformative teaching in the Bible on this comes from Jesus when he talks about how we use our words. Because conflict, it, it all it's all coming from words, especially when it's in a, in a home or with roommates or something like that. And even if you're in a really unhealthy situation and fists are being thrown or things are being thrown, in the early years of ministry, we got called to someone's house because toasters were going flying across the apartment. You know, even if it's that unhealthy, it really goes back to our words or what starts it. And Jesus talks about this in Luke chapter six. Why don't you read that for people? Luke six forty five, Jesus says, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And a couple things to notice about this. What you say and what you do are a reflection of what's inside your heart. It's not what they say or what they do or how ridiculous they are. You know, if you just had my roommate, you would understand it's not about them making you say something. It's what's inside your heart. Mm -hmm. I say the things I say. I do the things I do because of what is in my heart. And the truth, um, you know, we say that the mouth speaks with the heart or the Bible says the, the mouth speaks with the heart is full of. Around our family, we say it like this. I am responsible for my response. Yeah, that's right. You can't make me say the things I say. You don't have that kind of control over me. I'm responsible for it. You know, in this passage of Jesus, he talks about the word heart. And in Greek, that's cardia. We get our word cardiac from that. And in Greek, just like in English, heart is not just an organ. It is the center of a person, right at the very center of their soul. And it's a deep thing in a person. The heart sits underneath your mind, your will, and emotions. It's under all of that. And the heart desires something. You set your heart on something in the Bible. You want something with your heart in the Bible. And here's how it works. I want something first. And when I want it, then my mind rationalizes it. My emotions get stirred up for it and I get invested in it emotionally. And then my will acts to get it. And if you've ever made just a really stupid decision in your life, I know I've got a a long list of some of those. Um, Yeah, that got too real for a second. Um, You know, a lot of times if you look back and reflect on it, you say, you know, I wasn't thinking what really happened was I said, I want it. And then I rationalized it and I got emotionally caught up in it. And then I went and acted to get it. That's the heart. So let me teach you something that's going to change the way you operate as a person. If you set your heart on anything in creation, Mm -hmm. instead of on the creator, then people in your life will either become a tool to get what you want or they will become an obstacle to getting what you want. And when that happens, you stop treating people like people and you start treating them as either tools or obstacles and conflict is the inevitable resort from that, uh, inevitable result of that. So according to Jesus, he says the heart, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So if you live in a state of constant relational strife, it means there's really only two possibilities and they both have to do with your heart. 
Here's the first possibility. You might not have peace in your life because you don't have a relationship with the God of peace. Mm -hmm. You know, you may not have peace with other people because your relationship with your heavenly father just isn't in place. Maybe you've never gotten your heart right. Maybe your heart's never been fixated on something bigger than you. And so you've been living for the kingdom of me instead of the kingdom of God. And I just got to tell you, we've, we've learned this in our own relationship. We see this over and over again in countless couples relationships that until that relationship is in place until you have a relationship with the God of peace, you won't be experiencing peace in your relationships, whether it's your roommate or your fiance or your spouse or whatever that is. Now, here's the cool thing. When we talk about this all the time, when it comes to a relationship with God, he's not picky. He'll have a, he'll take a relationship with anybody because he made you. He loves you. He cares about you. In fact, he loves you so much. He wanted to make sure that your past sins would never come between you and him. So he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross so that your sin could be forgiven. And then Jesus rose from the dead so that you would have a savior to follow. And when you follow in his way of life, you follow in his footsteps and you put your trust in him, God totally changes your life. And at the end of the message today, I'm going to give you a chance to just pray a prayer along with me, saying those things to God and start that relationship with God and it will, it will change your relationships. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that could be wrong is maybe you are a Christian and maybe you put your faith in Jesus just recently or a long time ago, but it's time for a heart checkup because your heart has just drifted. And if the, the deepest desire of your heart is not loving God and loving people, but it's something in creation, then, you know, your relationships, they just fall apart. And so maybe the first thing you have to do to find peace in your relationships is to reset your heart on God and make him your first priority in life and say, God, I need, I need you. I want you more than anything else in my entire life. Yeah. So for the rest of our time, we want to share with uh, you some practical wisdom straight from the Bible about how to live in peace. Because once you get your heart in the right place, um, there's a ton of everyday wisdom in the Bible that helps us on this path towards peace. And we thought it would be fun to reach out to a couple that we think does this better than Mm -hmm. almost anyone we've ever met and ask them how they do it. So Jared met up with them um, over Zoom (laughs) Zoom, uh, earlier this week. So let's check it out. Mark and Renee, I want to thank you guys for joining us so much today. It's so awesome to have you. Uh, What people may not know is that I lived with you guys for a little while. And when you live with someone, you get to really know whether they're actually a happy couple or a pretending happy couple. And you two are people who lived, you enjoyed each other, you had respect for each other, and you were truly happy. So thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Uh, I wanted to ask you, just start off, what is some practical wisdom that you have that you've learned about living together in harmony with each other, having a happy relationship? Uh, I'll go. I think uh, it's, the, it's the life skills you develop all, all the way along that makes like, so if you're living together in the coronavirus world, you know, if you're kind to each other, you think of each other, you are... Uh, getting up every day and thinking, how can I make my wife's uh, day better? That's just going to carry over into what we're dealing with now. So practical uh, ways, I think, are just putting that person first, thinking of that person, um, and then those become habits. And so when you go through these times, really um, nothing changes. True. Um, And Mark really lives that out. He treats me like a queen, always has. 
he does have that mindset, and I wish I were more like him, that uh, he's, his first thought is, how can I make Renee's day better? And so because that starts in his thinking, it comes out through his actions. But I think also that happens because your spouse believes in you. You know, it's this, it's this crazy cycle people get in, you know, where she doesn't believe, he doesn't act, he doesn't act, she doesn't believe. So when somebody believes in you and is in your corner, you're a lot more likely to get in their corner and, you know, do whatever it takes as well, Jared. And yeah. along those same lines is, um, let's say for Mark, I mean, he's always looking for the good. If you look for the good, you're going to find it. And the opposite's true. If you're looking mm. for the bad, you're going to find it. Um, I have this little, this little sign at my desk, think, feel, act, which I heard from, I read in a book or something, but what you think about affects how you feel. And it, it, changes your actions. So if you're acting yucky, you're feeling yucky, it's because your thinking is yucky. So you got to start. It's up here. The battle's in the mind. And just being kind every day. You should be kindest to the person you're living with than you should be to anybody else in the world. That's you true. should be kinder to that person. Yeah, that's so good. I think one of the things that made me really enjoy uh, being around you guys and, and, and being a part of your family and hanging out with you was that um, your faith was really important to you. It wasn't just every day, let's memorize a new Bible verse, but it came out in a lot of love and a lot of kindness. And it was very genuine that way. Um, so I was hoping you would share with people, how has your faith affected your ability to enjoy living together and love each other well? Yeah, well, I think our faith is our starting point for, you know, everything in our lives. So we're having struggles, whether it's the virus we're in, or, you know, just a few months ago, my mom passed away, or, you know, if it's issues with family or kids or work or whatever, if you are both on the same starting page with your faith, and that you know, like you and I have said so many times, Jared, God is in control. Yeah. It's simple, but it is where we start. And then we are intentional with our faith. We try to have intentional conversations with our kids, with our friends, and uh, not taking for granted uh, that people understand what your faith is. So I, I think for us, it's the backbone. Being on the same page is really a starting point for us. Yeah, and because of my relationship with Christ, because he has forgiven me for so much, for everything, every day, and because I feel his love, then it helps me to be forgiving and loving to Mark. So again, in the mind, remembering all the blessings that I have and all that God has done for me, mm -hmm. um, and just got through Easter, you know, that he died that horrible death on the cross for my sins. So because he forgives me everything, then I can forgive Mark for anything. I don't need to hold grudges. And so that forgiveness and love that comes out of my relationship with Christ, I am able to pass on and share with Mark. Um, also, 
um, you know, we're each responsible for our own spiritual journey and growth and relationship with Christ. So it's not my responsibility to make him a better person. It's God's responsibility. And I can only change me. And I can only have um, the relationship with Christ that I put the time into. So, you know, we each try to have our own individual quiet time, um, reading the Bible and praying. And, you know, that putting God's word in your head just makes all your actions and feelings and affects all that it comes out for the good. That's, that's so great. I, I, I appreciate that so much. And the wisdom you guys have shared with me along the way has helped me to have a happy family. And so I'm just eternally grateful for that. I was pretty, you guys, you guys model it very well too, Jared. Yeah. And uh, I can't wait for people to hear this. That's so awesome. Uh, I think we're going to have some bonus content for a web extended. If you guys want to follow us on social media, you'll see the rest of that. But thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you. you. There's a lot of wisdom there. And as you probably heard, there's even more that we're posting in an extended interview on social media. We hope that you'll check that out. I kind of surprised them with that part. <laughs> but to finish off our teaching today, we wanted to share with you those practical pieces of everyday wisdom from the Bible to live at peace. Once you get the heart piece right, mm -hmm. then this stuff really can add a lot to your relationship. But if the heart piece isn't there, it's not going to make a big difference. So why don't you share with somebody the first thing? And as we go through, maybe you can pick what do you need to focus on? Like, what's the one thing I need to put into place in my life this week? Yeah, the first thing is let the little things go. Yeah. And you might think it's better to deal with all of the issues and all of the problems, but you're wrong. <laughs> um, we're not talking about hiding from these big problems that really do need to be dealt with or running from problems, mm -hmm. but we are talking about giving and showing grace. Yes. Um, in Romans 14, 1, it says, accept the ones whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. This verse teaches us that some things are just not worth fighting over. Mm -hmm. The Bible calls them disputable matters. And we have a few probably disputable matters in our house, like who takes out the trash or Jude. who uh, does the dishes. Jude. Jude. Well, I guess Jude is our go-to on that one. He's the way we solve all our disputes <laughs> in our marriage. So you need to make sure to be keeping the main thing the main thing. And letting the little things go, letting grace come in and um, kind of soften those other things. Yeah, right. So you let the little things go. Number two, you have to tame the rage monster. We have little kids in our house. Uh, and so we got this from Dude Perfect. A rage monster is somebody who's just out of control. And you see it with little kids every single day, basically. But man, adults, we can get the same way yeah. too, where our anger takes over and we just get out of control. And here's the thing about you when you're angry. You feel like you're so right, but you can't even see because you're so angry. And then worse than that, the other person on the other side of you, they're not thinking about, oh, I wonder how I've contributed to this situation. They're just thinking about what a jerk you are because you're so angry all the time. That's why James 1.19 says this, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger because the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And you know, you think, man, if I get angry enough at this person and, and then, then I'm going to change how they behave and it's going to make them behave righteously. It's like, it just doesn't work like that. And for me personally, this is the, this is the toughest one on the list. Taming the rage monster, being gentle, being slow to speak, being not harsh, but gentle with my kids and my wife. 
this has been the thing more than anything else that makes me cry out to God and say, God, I need your help mm-hmm. to change my heart on this because I'm having trouble doing this on my own. Yeah. Um, this, number three is lay off the alcohol. The a- 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 alcohol. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so many people, we're just going to skip over that, when dealing with um, relational strife or difficult people, they'll say, oh, I just, I need a drink, mm-hmm. right? We see it on family vacations. We see it on when there's just problems that come up and you're just tired and stressed. Mm-hmm. But when you drink more, do you get less snippy or more snippy? You know, do you become more self-controlled or less self-controlled? Are you more likely to say something constructive or more likely to say something destructive? And uh, Proverbs 23 talks about it like this. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has strife? Who has complaints? Who has needless bruises? Who has bloodshot eyes? Those who linger over wine, who go to sample bowls of mixed wine. Yeah, so who has strife? People who love to drink. So skip the quarantini. You see what I did there? Wow. You know how to make a quarantini? No. It's two parts lime, one part hand sanitizer. Ew. Yeah, actually that might kill you. Don't do that. <laughs> so skip it. So skip it. And then, you know, it's not helping your conflict. So number four, the fourth piece of practical wisdom for you, pick my timing wisely. You know, you can say the right thing at the wrong time. And it can, it can totally ruin a conflict and it can make it worse. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 27, 14 is this crazy, just insightful verse in the Bible. It says, if anyone loudly blesses their neighbor early in the morning, it will be taken as a curse. So if you've got something nice to say to me, but you shout it to me at 5 a.m., bro, it ain't, it ain't going over well. It's making me angry. I, I already told you I had an anger problem. <laughs> so the timing of your conversations is hugely important. That's what that proverb means. Now, in our relationship, we've found that it is incredibly helpful to set aside specific times to deal with little annoyances instead of dealing with them right now when I'm like, oh, I can't believe she did that. I can't believe he did that. Mm -hmm. You have to get out of the moment. And instead of just leaking snarky comments out to people, you have to set aside a time. We call it a Mm check-in and have a mature conversation about the things that are grinding our gears. Yeah. So we say this a lot with um, a phrase, I notice and I prefer. Mm -hmm. So it would go something like this. Jared, I notice that all the Amazon boxes that we got for church and your books this week Mm -hmm. are sitting in the hallway upstairs and they're not broken down and I can't walk through. So I prefer that when they come in, uh, we just tear them down and take them out to the recycle just so they get dealt with. How many times do you think you've said that in real life? Probably a lot. Probably a dozen. It does help. It does. <laughs> it gets through It takes eventually. out the emotional yeah. component of it and just kind of deals with the issue that's making you annoyed, mm-hmm. makes you take take a step back and take a breath. Yeah. So we, we, we get the timing of that conversation right and we can say it in a mature way. So let the little things go. Tame the rage monster, lay off the alcohol, and pick my timing wisely. Some practical advice, some wisdom from the Bible for you, and I hope that that's helpful. But, you know, I want to kind of come back to the, the, the biggest, most important part of this message, which is all about the heart. You know, if your heart's not right, then you can try to practice all of these pieces of wisdom, but it's never going to click because there's something wrong on the inside, and that's going to come 
that's going to come out on the outside. And I promised you at the end of the message today that if you don't have a relationship with God and you're lacking that peace in your life, I want to give you a chance to start that relationship because, I mean, just in our marriage, marriage is tough. Yeah. You know, living with another person, you know, when two sinners promise to live together in a small space for the rest of their lives, it's hard. And for us, I think our faith in Jesus has been the thing that lets me work on my heart and you work on your heart. And that's brought us a lot of joy and helped us live together. And if you're missing that from your life, I mean, you're missing out really the secret to life. So you can start a relationship with God today just by praying. And I'm going to pray a short prayer asking God to forgive your sin and to follow after Jesus. And if God's leading you to do that, I want to invite you to pray with me. So let's pray. God, I know that I need your peace in my life. Would you please forgive me of my sins? Would you give me a home in heaven? And would you give me the strength I need today to live differently in my relationships? I believe Jesus died for my past, and I believe Jesus rose from the dead. And so I want Jesus to be the forgiver of my sins and the leader of my life. Today, I want to put my faith in you, and I want to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, if you pray that simple prayer and start following after Jesus, man, God is going to change your heart and that is going to change your relationships. We wanna make sure that everyone fills out the online connection card today because um, we wanna get you some resources. So check the box that says, I'm choosing to put my trust in Jesus and we'll send you some things. And also I think Heather and I are gonna be in the online lobby after the service and we'd love to kind of see you there. We really hope to see you next week as we continue um, this overcoming series. Mm -hmm. And next week, Jared's going to be talking about overcoming fear. Yeah. So hope to see you next week. Hope to see you there. Bye. I hope that throughout the service, you were able to learn, grow, and be strengthened in your faith. If this was helpful for you, consider inviting a friend to join you online next week through a text message before the service starts. Before you go, we'd like to remind you to fill out the online connection card so we can stay connected throughout the week. If you're not sure about your relationship with God, we want you to know that God loves you and has an incredible plan for your life. If you want to learn more about starting a relationship with God, click the button for prayer requests and one of our hosts will be with you. Thank you so much for joining us and we hope to see you next week. May God continue blessing you and showing you more of His love, presence, and grace.